0: Welcome to the Restaurant Marketing Podcast, where we talk about how multi-unit brands successfully market at the local level. Today in the show, we welcome Dina McKinley from Papa Gino's Pizza and also D'Angelo's Grilled Sandwiches. If you have ever lived in Massachusetts or near Massachusetts, or the surrounding states, you know Papa Gino's. They've been around since 1961 and are the official pizza of life's moments in New England. Likewise, Massachusetts-based D'Angelo Grilled Sandwiches, it's famous for its steak and cheese, uh, once had their number nine grilled sandwich named as the finest fast food sandwich in the land. Uh, boy, I would like that title. Uh, Dina leads the digital strategic marketing, technology, catering, and guest experience teams for these two iconic New England brands with a combined of 150 locations. That sounds like a lot of headaches. Uh, Throughout her career, Dina has worked with Subway, Sonic, Dairy Queen, Papa John's, Pizza, Boston Market, Firehouse Subs, all kinds of iconic brands. She is an absolute expert on guest retention, uh, engagement, frequency, and spend. And fun fact, Dina taught 12th grade English when she was only 22 years old. Dina, welcome to the show
1: thank you i'm very happy to be here
0: god bless super excited how we do with the intro
1: great right on
0: Out, outstanding okay Let, let's start with like a really fun question what is one thing that you see lots of restaurant brands get wrong with their marketing
1: oh goodness um i think i think people try to do too much i think um i think the one thing that i've seen is when we try to get too cute as marketers know we try to overcomplicate our offers or we try to to be really um you know overly creative because we're marketers and we want to be creative and that's who we are at at, in our hearts and we we want to get the joke we want everybody to get the joke and really when it comes down to it simplicity is key and if you want to really drive your sales and transactions you need to be direct and straight and and the consumer needs to understand it and you know a second flat and i think that's the biggest mistake that i see out there
0: are you saying that you're not on board with like the uh, the twitter wars between the big brands
1: well i think that that's a different kind of of uh, marketing <laughs> you know the big brands can afford to have personality branding and they can afford to to have different layers in in that cake that we call marketing and you know, they they can have a lot of brand personality and do a lot of cute um, Twitter marketing. But then there's also other um, very grassroots level restaurants that need to get an offer out and need to get people to redeem it and need to drive traffic and um, need it to be very clear and need the value proposition to be very clear, whether it's an offer or not. It could just be a simple value proposition and a reward um, for loyalty and and something that is a very clear, you want to come to my restaurant because I offer you this wonderful value, as a quality value or as um, a loyalty value that you don't get anywhere else, and and it just needs to be a clear message. And I think a lot of times um, local marketers, you know, want to be uh, as as cute and and um, ethereal as as um, other creative marketers. And, and we need to be a lot more focused on on driving the, the business.
0: Okay. I love this. So you're saying it basically, I don't have the budget to hire a comedian to write crafty tweets. Yes. <laughs> my, yes. My, 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 my messaging to guests should be have a clear call to action and a clear value prop.
1: Yes. And, and to clearly represent your brand and to clearly give yourself a point of differentiation that makes people want to visit you.
0: Give me, give me an example that you've seen that work really well.
1: An example that works really well is um, when you can offer your guests clear value with the quality of your product and the quality of the reward that they get for continuing to come to you. So... I think when, when somebody has a great loyalty program and you want to reward your most loyal guests for coming to you, they can see the value in coming to you and in consistently getting the exclusive, um, the exclusive messaging and offers and sneak peek at products that are, are not available to everybody yet. And they get to test things like a new website, which we just did. Um, we're you know, launching a, a beta of our, our website right now for Papagenos and we sent to our rewards members a link for them to be the first to test this site and for them to get a sneak peek at it. And that feeling of, of being included in this, you know very exciting time for us, you know this brand is getting something new and they're going to be the first ones that get to look at it and give us um, their feedback and tell us what they think is, is something that I believe adds value to a company and, and to the consumer from, from their perspective that they're getting to be a part of a brand. And so I think that when brands do things like that, um, giving their, their guests a feeling of inclusion, a feeling of being a part of something, feeling that they get things that nobody else does i think that's adding a clear value proposition to people um in addition to exclusive offers and exclusive you know you get 20 percent off your regular menu price when you come to us and you only get that through our rewards program or you only get that when you sign up for our text program or you only get that when you get our emails
0: i love this okay so discounts promo codes all this stuff like that's kind of standard loyalty stuff and i think we probably all call our provider and ask them how to do that um i love the idea of like hey do you want to tell us what you think of our website in advance of it going live is there it like i assume you're just sending them a link to like a sandbox environment website or something like that
1: no we're sending them Uh, a live site to order from
0: oh so it's actually so it's not just like hey look at it it's like you get to look at the site first.
1: You get to order from it first. You get exclusive. Ah. Our loyalty members in four, around four locations are actually getting to order live from our new site that's only live around four locations. And we selected loyalty members around those locations to actually order from our new website to test it out for us. And it was very clear in, in the communication that we sent that there are testers that they're testing this for us because there's going to be, you know, it's technology. Technology is always going to have kinks and especially when you're first starting it. So we wanted to make sure they knew that, you know, this might not be perfect. This might not be a perfectly polished experience, but we're choosing them to help us, you know, help us test our new website. You are our best customers. You're our best guests. We need you. And it's been great. We love getting that kind of feedback. And we, we know that we're all we're doing is reinforcing loyalty with people that are really important to us. And um, we've gotten some really great feedback from them. This, you know, We're in the process of doing this right now. And so it's been really wonderful to hear feedback from our guests and to be able to incorporate that live right now as we're testing this.
0: I love this, all right, two questions. First one's quick, one might be a little long. Uh, is there any fear that they share that link publicly? And do you care if they do?
1: I mean, at this point, you can only order from those four locations on the new site. So those four locations are the only one that are alive. And so if people want to order from those four locations, we're set up to take those orders. And the more people that are, are testing it, the more we'll know what works and what doesn't. So we're, we're fine, you know, with that. And All right, so
0: you, there's there's a bit of control around it.
1: Yeah, there's definitely control for sure.
0: Okay. Uh, and then the the other question I have around this is, how do you gather the feedback? Like, do they just email you or do they like have a, a form? Like, how do you do that?
1: We send them a survey. So post-order, we, we kick a survey back to them that gathers information. We've had quite a big response rate. I think it was about 40%. So we, we've been really, really happy with the response rate. Um, we're, we have a net promoter score. Um, we have less than, I think it's less than 9% detractor rate at this point, which for a new site is great. We have, um, we've have all of the open ends. I'm, I'm shocked at how many people are answering the open ends. And that's what you get when, when you send to this pool of guests that are your guests and your loyal guests, and they're really engaged. And that's one thing I love about these brands that, you know, we have very engaged loyal fans and we keep doing these types of things to keep engaging them. You know, we, we really activate this fan base a lot, whether it's through social media, through these, um, surveys, we do a lot of surveys because we like to hear from, from people. We, we listen, want to know what, what they're thinking. Um, we did a, a survey, you know, once we, we were doing something with delivery that changed and we wanted to hear, well, what did you think of, of delivery? And we got a lot of good insights there and we, we're getting a lot of good insights on the website and we're getting, um, we're getting a lot of great insights from a, a test that we just did with Ovation and Ovation and getting feedback every day, you know, through people that are taking surveys on our day-to-day guest experience those are the kinds of things that keep us better and keep our guests happy. And I think those are the basic things at the local level that we have to do because, you know, that's where you're going to keep customers coming back. You look at, you look at our database and our database, we have a great database, but we still have a large percentage of our guests are anonymous. And those are the people that you have to convert to known guests because the more known guests that you have, then the more you can communicate to them, the more you can convert them to loyalty or email or text, and then you can talk to them and then you can bring them back in and it becomes a flywheel. So, you know, it's, it's all about getting that information, getting that guest information.
0: You just covered like 25 topics in like two minutes. We could probably talk for three hours here. So I'm going to try to be as <laughs> succinct as possible. Guest feedback. Is Ovation the tool you're using for that?
1: Yes, we just finished a pilot with them, and they hit every KPI, and um, we recovered um, we recovered a lot of a lot of guests per monthly average with that, and, and it was a really it was a really great tool that helped us. Our our um, operations team was happy with with um, the response rates that they had, and and it was a really nice personalized way to talk to the guests.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And by example, and we talked about this before we went live, I ordered lunch today. There's a mistake in the order. I tried calling the restaurant. No answer. I tried emailing the restaurant. No answer. I DM them on Instagram. No answer. I'm pretty frustrated right now because I want my hot chicken. (laughs) (laughs) If they had ovation, I would just text them and be like, yo, where's my chicken? So anyway.
1: Yeah, you'd have a way to communicate.
0: Very useful tool. And later they're going to ask me what was the feedback and I'd be like, very frustrating that I had no way to call the restaurant and go, give me my chicken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, God bless. Okay. Let's move on from that. All right. uh, You're talking about converting your anonymous guests. So uh, in the world of digital marketing, where I kind of play most ball games is you're talking about people that walk into the store, transact through a register, and then you never, you never see who they are. Correct?
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: how do you do that how do you convert them into a being a database member
1: well we have incentive programs for our team members and we have our team members really drive that conversion as much as possible so whether it's a contest to promote our text program or our rewards program one or the other that's how we like to to really push that because we want a phone number or we want you in the rewards program and once we get you in one or the other we kind of can get you in both and it's, that's really the key for us. Um, Everything else that we do, anything that we'll do with, you know, content creators on social media, SEO, search, all of those things are designed to get you to become a known guest. So we're pushing you to some way of ordering that is going to capture your information. We're, we're pushing you either to order online or to, you know, somehow sign you up for something so that you're going to get, you're going to get your data and we're going to get your information so that we can market to you going forward, because that's where we really, we see our marketing programs right now. Anything that we, anything that we can actually send to a guest is very successful. Anytime we can talk to people, our programs are tremendously successful. It's we're always challenged with trying to reach more people. And so, the more people that we can reach through these marketing programs, the better that we're obviously going to do. And so, we want to really convert as many people as we can.
0: Okay. So, in store, you have team members literally saying to somebody, Join our loyalty program, sign up to this text thing, to like you're literally doing like person to person communication, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's. And I, um, I, I
0: assume you have, I assume you have automation and funnels on the backside of it, but it, okay, team members awesome.
1: are your best your best cheerleaders.
0: For for sure, and you know we've had a couple of shows where we end up talking about this, and that's usually everybody's number one answer is like, just get your team members talking about it. Okay, activate your um, teams. All right, I heard you mentioned search in there. How important is search for your brands? I guess really for any restaurant brand
1: search is really important I mean just people were we're in I think a time with marketing where people are looking for places to eat not necessarily the other way around you know they're not waiting to be told where to go they're looking for where to go it's it's kind of the, a flip-flopped paradigm than it used to be it used to be you know people were kind of doing their, their business and doing their lives. And then they would hear a commercial or they would see a billboard or they would have this impulse um, thought process because something would hit them over the head three or four times while they were watching a show. And that's not how it is anymore. That's, that's just not our human habits anymore. Now we're doing things and we're like, oh, I wanna eat something. I'm gonna go look to see what I wanna eat. You might not know where you want to eat but you know you want to eat and you're going to look to see where you want to go and you're going to go to Google or now you're going to go to TikTok and search so you're going to search for places and as marketers we need to make sure that we are where people go to search so it's it's really it's very simple really you have to do everything possible to just be where people search and that could be really easy or it could be really hard if you make it hard, but it could be really easy if you just make sure that you have a lot of digital content out there that's relative to your brand and that's consistent and that gives people a reason to want to order from you and that you're everywhere where people are searching. So and, I think that it's it's a pretty, you know, very, it's a pretty important thing to, to be focused on because everyone's going to search for food.
0: Agreed. Uh, do you have an idea, even like a roundabout number, like how many of your guests are found through search?
1: Yeah, I would say that um, what we hear consistently from our partners like Yext and, and other people is that not just us, but over, you know, 50% of, of people are found, um, new guests are found through discovery. So, you know, just regular search um, search engine Discovery, you know, that's where the majority, or at least half of your new guests are coming from.
0: Yeah, I would tell most brands that if fifty percent of your guests or more uh, are not coming from search, you, you're doing something wrong.
1: You're doing something wrong, <laughs> exactly. That's if you're if you're not in that place where people are looking, then you're doing that you're doing something wrong. Cause if you are in the place where people are looking, then 50% of your new customers are coming from there.
0: Yeah. I know that at our restaurant we're 66%, but then we're in a very touristy area. So of course
1: people are searching more.
0: Yep. And I love that. You, I love that you name checked Yext in there. Yext for, If you're not using Yext, I think Yext is a gold standard for search optimization. We actually use Marquee, who is a Yext partner with some restaurant specializations, but yeah, super important, and it's like it's ridiculous to me how easy it is to automate a certain level of search, and then people don't do it. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Go.
0: All right. What are what are some top uh, channels for new guest acquisition for your brands?
1: Well, We just talked about a bunch of them, so. Um...
0: Well, we yeah. Other than search. <laughs> <laughs> other than search,
1: um, well, there's search, and then there's different types of um, you know paid social media, paid digital. Um, we've we've been on TikTok and Snapchat a lot this year with content creators as well as you know some of our own paid content. And we've been doing really well, you know, with with um, growing our younger demographic by being in those places and capitalizing on trends and, and also promoting, you know, why our, our brands are relevant. To people in those those um, on those platforms, um, I would say that we we also look at things here and there, like um, sponsorships with sports teams, packages on radio, not anything broadcast consistently. But when there's an opportunity to to do something targeted, we'll do something there. Um, but really, you know, we're very digital digitally focused, so we've. We've done some tests with connected TV and other over-the-top um, channels, and and um, we're pretty much, you know, staying tried and true with continuing to focus on frequency and 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 loyalty.
0: I love that. All right, so let's talk about paid real quick. Um, I'm assuming Meta, Facebook, and Instagram. Reels. Okay, so you oh you're doing you're 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 paying. You're doing video paid content. For reals, yes. mm-hmm. How does that work? Like, how do you think about how that works?
1: Well, we do, you know, the majority of our spend is not there. We we only, we accent it when we have programs that we're, we're trying to push and initiatives that we're trying to push. But as I mentioned, our real focus is is on our our existing um programs that we have. And then we look at those those other pieces as really nice enhancements. And we look at at trying to extend our reach through those those things. So, you know, they're, they're cost-effective ways of enhancing certain programs that we do.
0: Okay, so uh, I'm just trying to understand. So like in the paid mm-hmm. acquisition, Instagram, Facebook is not your top channel for paid acquisition.
1: No. Search What is would be search?
0: Oh, so somebody's searching pizza near me. You're trying to intercept that with a Google ad type yep. thing.
1: Digital, we're much more digital search heavy. Yes, Google.
0: Okay, and when when you're when you're running ads on Google, where do you somebody clicks that? Where do you send them?
1: To our our online ordering.
0: Okay, roughly. Uh, I I get asked on a daily basis. Right what should I be doing with my paid campaigns? Should I be doing meta? Should I be doing Google? Where should I send them? Do I send them to website, oh. online ordering? Should I do loyalty? Should I send them to gift cards? Should I send them to a landing page? Everybody has a different answer.
1: So oh, directly uh, to website order, direct to order, always, always direct to order. So the the best attribution for your dollars is always gonna be to, to invest in a, in a vehicle that can click through directly to a sale.
0: So is is the thinking they've searched you know pizza near me like they already have high intent like cool here's the link go, yep, I love it that's awesome. Uh, Any any other optimization tactics around that? Like if you want to give away a secret, people don't think about.
1: Well, it sounds like that was a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. um, Amen. I think that's a good all one. Right. I think,
0: yeah. All right. all right. So you got local search. You got some organic social media. You're doing some paid. Those are really some acquisition. You have some very specific community-driven type programs that come up from here today that makes sense. Sports, obviously. Big one. Pizza mm-hmm. and football makes sense to me. Um, and from a retention standpoint, loyalty sounds like it's your number one channel.
1: Yes. Loyalty and and loyalty text, email. We kind of bucket all of those together. But loyalty, um, loyalty has a few extra bells and whistles, like I mentioned. But anything nice. database, anything database is is gold.
0: Do you guys do in-store Wi-Fi or any of that?
1: We have in-store Wi-Fi. We have not optimized it yet. I would say, but definitely looking at options.
0: Okay, we. I can tell you from my store, we add. Uh, almost a hundred people a week to our database just by giving them free Wi-Fi.
1: Wow, that's great.
0: Yeah, because I look, I look at you know, like you
1: know,
0: if you, it depends on what your average ticket looks like and your guests look like, but like for sure, people bring their friends, family, or coworkers out to eat, and then that person places the order, or not really in our case, but makes the reservation, and then the other person is almost like a ghost, right? So like, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi gets a little bit of that capture there. You know what I mean? Capture yeah. those people. Hmm. That's great. All right. You got a store calls you up or maybe a group of stores and says, yo, Dina, we don't know what's happening. We're down in revenue. Uh, October was a mess. You know, we can't figure out what to do. What do you do? Like, how do you solve that problem? When, when that, when you get presented with that issue, what, 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 what goes, what, what do you do? What's, what's DEF CON look like?
1: DEF CON looks like, um, We dig in, we figure out how to push out to our, we look at our database. We look at um, where the the people fell off. We look at the best guess. We say when, you know, where was their fall off? We find text message, um, phone numbers, we find emails, we find loyalty and we push out reactivation and we get them to come back. We do a customer appreciation um, through a loyalty program, we've actually recently done during um, D'Angelo Free Sandwich Month, we dropped a free sandwich randomly on every loyalty member's um, every loyalty member's account during during National Sandwich Month, um, and we just really you know knocked it out of the park by driving all the loyalty members back in, and it did a great, it stimulated you know traffic, it it got everybody back in the door and you know, really got momentum back into the business. And it also really reinvigorated the team because the team gets excited when they're starting to see people come back and, and really feel that as well. And so, you know, you, you can really reactivate your database when that happens. And that's, that's a key, I think is, is something that really helps is that when you feel like there's a business lag, figure out how to reactivate your best guests and figure out how to get them back in. Cause you'll feel a real shot in the arm and, and get that adrenaline going.
0: I think most, I love the answer. I think a lot of people would be like, Oh, we don't want to do discounts. We do not do want to do promos. Like we're just going to send them an email that says we miss you. Like it sounds to me like you're heavy into the like offers. I'm assuming you, there's a ton of research behind that decision. So can you talk yes. about that?
1: Absolutely. So when we've done things like, um, For example, I'll give you a Papagino's example. When we've done things like a free slice to our guests for appreciation days, we have an average check that comes with that. So they're not just getting a free slice. They're also adding dollars on that. And so we're actually making money where we're getting incremental occasion on top of that. We're getting incremental dollars on top of that. And so we analyze everything and we do not do any of these programs without knowing that we're going to get the incremental visit or the incremental dollar or margin that's going to come with driving these things in, we we actually test these things really carefully before we put them out. So when we do a 20% off offer, we also know that we might be getting 3% less check, but we're driving 16% more transactions. So it evens out. And, you know, we're not just throwing discounts out to throw discounts out we're doing it in a calculated way because we're balancing the scales of we need to make our, our pricing work we need to get people in we need to drive transactions but at the same time uh, we need to also be a business and and make money so i think it's a, it's a fine line
0: Do you find that the average order value in your loyalty program is different than like your, your, you know, regular customer?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think it's lower, but I think that the frequency more than makes up for it. When you look at the data Um, I think that people have to look at the data holistically. I would, I would definitely recommend that when, when hearing the, hearing the words discount sometimes really um, gets people freaked out and, if you're looking at the, if you really can understand your data and you should definitely make sure that you're investing in some infrastructure that allows you to really look at your data and to be analyzing it in some way. But if you're looking at it holistically and and you can figure out the right sweet spot and the right offers to put out that allow you to give the right, incentives and value to the guest, but at the same time also make money, then you're going to find that it's a lot its a lot better to do that. And when, my tangent here is you're, when you look at the data and you look at your loyalty member data, they're going to make up a tremendous majority of your revenue pool, but their per visit check average is going to be much lower than everyone else's. Because they're the ones that are gonna come in. They're gonna they're your regulars. They know what they want. No frills, no upsells, you know, they're they're constants. They they know they wanna come in and they want, you know, a large pepperoni pizza and that's it. They don't want a two-liter, they don't want 20 ounce, they don't want cheese sticks or anything else. They just want their large pepperoni pizza or whatever that they always get. And so, but they're gonna come three times a week and or whatever their their frequency is. And so you're going to end up having this much larger annual guest value and annual revenue from them. And it doesn't matter to me if their per visit check is lower. I don't, that's not the right metric to be looking at when it comes to those guests.
0: Real quick, because we're at the end of the show here. What are the top two or three metrics that restaurant marketers should really be concerned with?
1: Hmm annual guest value, um, transactions, cause that's the health of the business, but coupled with margin, of course. Um, and oh gosh. It's not,
0: frequency. it's not followers Guess on frequency. Instagram.
1: Guest Frequency. <laughs> guest Frequency. And whether or not nice. that's falling or growing.
0: I love this. Uh, is there any tool you would recommend people look at to be able to examine those numbers?
1: We, I, I mean, it starts with making sure that your your data warehouse or or the way that your 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 own data internally is being aggregated through your POS, and then we just have like a Power BI overlay on it um, that we you know we had to set up so. It, it really, you know, whatever, however it comes through your POS, and then you'd have to look at analyzing it through another layer.
0: Amen. Well, Dean McKinley from Papa Gino's and D'Angelo's Grilled Sandwiches. Appreciate this so much. Like I said, we could probably go for three hours, but the show is 30 minutes and we already went over a minute. Thank you. Really insightful. Lots of things to think about. Very tactical. Appreciate that so much. Any last notes you want to do before we sign off here?
1: No, thank you so much for having me.
0: Uh, it was a pleasure and honor. If you like the show, please share it with a friend and make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast format. Thanks, everybody. and Make it a great tasty day.
1: Thanks.